0: All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. You know, one of my tasks every week is to scheme of a way that I can brag about myself on the air, and I came up with one today. I am no longer the baby in the studio today.
1: Really? Wow.
0: Yeah, I'm not not the youngest one. I think that's amazing. That is, that yeah. Is. On the show today, you do realize that <laughs> maturity doesn't happen with age, right? I'm, I think I'm learning that. Okay, well, yeah. okay. That. that's that's Russ Herman from Cloverdale um, Reformed Church. Uh, my name is Josh Bells from the Well Boise. We are your regular hosts, and we have a couple guest hosts today. Pastor Ryan Hempel from Treasure Valley Reformed Church. Yeah, uh, did I get uh, it right?
2: Yes. Close. <laughs> Treasure Valley, I mean, RPC, Reformed Church, whichever all
0: right. one. Yeah, all right. And then um, one of our other guest hosts is uh, Ben Rao. He's um, one of our pastoral interns at The Well Boise. Um, you just got here from out of town. I did. Yes. Uh, last week. Yeah. We've been waiting for this for like several years now. Close to six. Yeah. Mm. Well, You've been on the air with us before. I don't know if our one or two listeners remember that. But um, but we're glad to have you back. The only unfortunate thing today is that we got to put up with that accent that you have. I know. Uh, it's
3: a cross I have to bear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Didn't you say something like you want to make um, America Great Britain again here last week?
3: Do we really want this to go on the radio? <laughs> I mean, I did chat with the Queen.
0: Yeah, yeah a few minutes mm-hmm. ago.
3: She said, mm, it's about time. <laughs>
0: Well, we've been going through Paul Tripp's book, Do You Believe? Um, Very quickly, can we... Right.
1: Ryan's church has a conference coming up. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know if he could just you, talk Russ. about that real quickly.
2: Yeah, uh, starting uh, Friday. So um, we have uh, Pastor Tim McCracken. He is um, the regional director of the San Joaquin Valley uh, Prison Ministries, uh, Metanoia Prison Ministries. He has a conference or a series on the whole Bible in six sessions, so... Uh, go to our website, com, and there's more information. We'd love to have you there. It's a free, free conference.
0: April 1st and 2nd. April
2: 1st and 2nd, starting so at 6 p.m. So how April much 1st. does it cost? Absolutely nothing. Sounds like a good conference. Yep.
0: All right, so we have been going through Paul David Tripp's book, Do You Believe?, if you've been with us. We're using it kind of as a springboard to talk about these important doctrines. And the brilliance of the book is that he gives you the doctrine, and then he gives you the practical application. And so if you've missed any of our past broadcasts, we just invite you to subscribe to our podcast. Just go to The Gospel for Life, and you'll find it there. So today we're talking about the doctrine of creation. And we touched on this a little bit in a couple past shows, but here Trip really unfolds the doctrine in a and I think a really wonderful way. So let's start with uh, what is the doctrine of creation? When when Christians talk about special creation, what are we talking about? I think simply we could say that creation is that
1: God brought everything into existence by the power of his word out of nothing. That God has the ability to create merely by speaking everything into existence. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need material. So we create by taking things that are already um, have matter are already part of creation, and then in essence we recreate based upon the things that we have at our disposal. God does not need materials in order to bring about creation; He does so. Um, the technical phrase "ex nihilo," out
0: of nothing, uh, out of the just the power of His word. One of the glories of Genesis one. Um, is you see God essentially doing um, like um, four things. He's creating um, Genesis chapter one, verse three. um, Well, first verse one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then on each successive day, he is either creating something or he's organizing what he's already created. So those are the first two things he does. He creates and then he organizes. And then he evaluates at the end of each day. He says, oh, this is very good. And then the fourth thing that he does is that he he commands his creation, not just man, but also the animals. But in that command, he is giving a blessing. So in verse 22, when he's essentially speaking to the the fish of the sea and the birds of the heaven, he says, be fruitful and multiply, fill the waters and the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. And verse 22 says that was a blessing. So everything that God commands in original creation um, is not only in the imperative tone but it's a it's a blessing everything that and I think this is so important for our kind of antinomian culture mm-hmm. from the very beginning what we see is that when God commands something it's always a blessing yep
1: and what you find here and I guess you can have lots of other views i I believe that God created the the heavens and the earth in six um, chronological twenty four hour days um that that's, can I say amen to that? That seems to be amen. the natural yes, <laughs> hermeneutical reading of the text. You can you can come to different conclusions. Others have, um probably men smarter than me have come to those conclusions. But I think that the the straight I know <laughs> the straightforward reading of the text hermeneutically is would lead you to say that these are six chronological twenty four hour days. Yeah. Mm. Um And what you find is that God is speaking a world into existence um, and then creating this world in which really man becomes this pinnacle. Um, But what you find is all of, and this is where we're eventually going to go, that there are so many truths, foundational truths, that Genesis 1 and 2 have, that if you get those right, you've gotten correct so much of of not only the Christian faith, but you've gotten so much correct with how to view the world yeah. and how to live in this world. And the problem is that we so often get Genesis 1 and 2 wrong. Mm. yeah, And that leads to problems in all of these fundamental areas that we're eventually going to address because they have their foundation in Genesis 1 and 2. And my concern is that I don't think we spend enough time in Genesis 1 and 2. I don't think we talk about creation enough. And I don't think we talk about the implications of creation enough. So hopefully um, the next this show and the next whatever number are going to be a helpful corrective um, by thinking about that. And I guess I would just go on to say that creation matters to God. So it doesn't just appear in Genesis 1 and 2. It appears throughout the rest of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when you begin to to wrestle with this, you have to say, this is no small doctrine. This is a doctrine that God considered to be foundational and fundamental and extremely important to his godness, Mm -hmm. um, that he keeps bringing it back up over and over and over again in all of these different books, in all of these different genres. Um, And if that's true, then we need to, I think, pay more attention to the creation account.
0: That's right. Well, then let's start with uh you know you're a Ryan you're a Westminster guy some days <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so yep, yep. what's God's main purpose for creating the universe
2: uh to glorify himself i mean that's that's the sum and substance of it um he didn't need anything he's completely self sufficient um, for his own good pleasure yeah um, and you know when we think about the ability you know it's it just blows my mind sometimes just to stop and to think about okay god just spoke that's all he did yeah. he spoke and just that foundational teaching that god gives us of himself and the power of his word you know when we talk about his word and we're reading his word i mean it's that same power yes um as we read it as we meditate on it the same power that spoke into nothing and in darkness and said, let there be light is the same power that is at work in our hearts as we read his word, as we sing it. Um, Amen. and as we, uh, hear it preached. So,
1: Amen. Yeah. It's fascinating. I was just at the Kennedy space center and it's just, it's interesting to hear a secular perspective of the universe. Hmm. Um, and hear them talk about the fact of as we work with um, the universe and and see all of the planets and and the galaxies and have the ability to go deeper and deeper into space, um, to hear secularists say we need to do this because this helps us understand who we are. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. What what are you finding out from Mars? that helps you understand who you are. And it's interesting that they're actually coming to the right conclusion that knowing the creation and who created would help them understand Mm -hmm. who they are. Mm -hmm. But they're not coming back to a creator. They're coming back to man. Mm -hmm. And what they see is the greatness of man by being able to send people to the moon and then from there, create a launch pad to get us to Mars. And then to what end? Yeah. yeah, I mean, God created this world to put his power, to put his wisdom, to put his goodness on display. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
0: he created universes for what purpose? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you were talking to me off air about that, uh, what what Tripp said about the signs. Mm. Remember that analogy that he brought forward? Yeah.
3: So when you're going on a trip, you don't stop at the road sign that tells you, well, the, the attraction is 100 miles ahead.
1: Oh, the Kennedy Space Center would have been more fun if I had actually gone in. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have some pictures I can show you
3: <laughs> But just going back to what you said, Russ, about um, scientists trying to discover who we are and, and, and what we're here for, all they're ever going to get to is perhaps coming up with some rules for how everything that is, is. We know, because God has declared it, that everything that is, is because God spoke it into existence. And not only that, it stays as it is, because he holds it there by the word of his power. Yeah. Amen. Yeah.
0: Hebrews
3: 1.3. So yeah. scientists can describe how. But Genesis answers the why.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I I actually feel bad for secularists that that go into God's creation and they everybody is filled with awe and wonder when we behold some of the majesty that God has put on display
0: in the world that He made. Mm. What do they do with it? Yeah, right. Let me give you one example. So, um, in Joel Beaky's uh, Study Bible, Reformation Heritage Study Bible, uh, he talks about how this phrase. In verse 16, it says, And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night, and the stars. Like, it's kind of just thrown in there. And he, and he made the stars. <laughs> right. Just those um, little Just those, just little, those things. little things. Yeah. Now, he, here's the note that he has. If a computer, uh, an advanced computer, were observing 10 million stars per second, it would still take 63 million years to count all the stars. 10 million stars a second. And those are the ones we know. Those are the ones that we know. And the, and the universe is still finite. We're, we're not right. saying that the universe has the attribute of God of infinity. Right. So even the finite universe is incomprehensible just in the stars. Mm, right. And I believe it's twice in the scriptures
1: God says that I bring out the stars by name. Yeah. yeah. That that's, that's God's ability as God. Yeah. And that is supposed to fill us with awe. Yep. That we look up and we say, that's God. That's God on display, His majesty, His power, His wisdom, His goodness, His immensity. Yeah. And and if we're not looking around us and seeing creation as the work
0: of God's hand, yeah. we're really missing out on an incredible opportunity for praise. Well, and yeah. this is why the first Sabbath was sanctified. God rested from His works and, and made that day holy, set it apart from the other six, so that we could be in awe of God's creation. I mean, that's the the ground of the fourth commandment. Um, keep the Sabbath, um, keep it holy, for in six days God created the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. Well, we should plug the conference real quick. Go ahead, 15 seconds.
1: October 21st and 22nd, we have the opportunity of having Dr. Derek Thomas and Dr. Joel Beakey come to Boise and for our... Boise Reformation Conference. They're speaking on the topic of the church. You really don't want to miss it, so go to ReformationBoise.com and register. You can't be the first because Josh is, (laughs) but you can be maybe the 10th. Okay, I was about the fifth one to register, I think.
0: (laughs) We'll see you next time.